Hello from the Financial Times in London. I'm Malcolm Moore, and this is News in Focus, where we offer our insights into the stories that matter. Europe's top court has ruled that individual countries can force Facebook to take down illegal content, including hate speech, both inside the EU and across the world. What are the implications of this ruling? Here with me to discuss is Madamita Mergia, our European technology correspondent, and Mehreen Khan, our Brussels correspondent. Mehreen, how did this case come about? And what does the ruling mean in practice? So this case came about because a green politician in Austria had defamatory remarks posted about her on Facebook from a Facebook user. She then wanted these to be taken down and sued Facebook under Austria's national defamation laws. She won. But the Austrian courts realised that even with a successful judgement, they weren't entirely sure about whether this meant that Facebook would only have to remove this content in Austria for Austrian users, or whether this type of content and other kind of posts, which are very similar also about this Austrian politician, would have to be taken down worldwide. And it was basically a legal question where a subordinate court, in this case Austria's High Court, was asking the EU's highest court for clarity about how to interpret existing rules about how platforms should police user-uploaded content on their platforms. Right. And so what the ECJ said was that if a national court makes the order and if the content is illegal, then Facebook has to take it down everywhere, not just in that country. Right. But they also said that if the content is reposted elsewhere, if identical content or equivalent content is posted elsewhere, Facebook would have to take down that as well. Exactly. And that's what makes the judgment, I think, from Facebook's point of view, putting a responsibility on them to police and search and monitor their network across and outside the EU for things that look like things that have already been deemed illegal in some sense. And that's not something that is codified in current EU law. If anything, the status quo says that there is no obligation on any big tech platform to do systemic monitoring. The court has said that there's nothing that actually prevents a platform from being proactive in this sense. And actually a court can even, in very specific cases where it's become a point of law, they can ask them to proactively do this. And from Facebook's point of view, this is impinging not only on freedom of expression, but effectively exporting defamation laws in the EU to countries that don't have similar defamation laws outside the EU. Okay, so we'll definitely get onto that. But first of all, if I've been defamed somewhere, what do I have to do to get Facebook to take it down? You, as a citizen of the UK, would then go to your national court and under the UK's defamation laws, bring a case. If the judges rule in your favour, then Facebook has to comply with that legal ruling. People on the street, normal Facebook users, cannot directly go to Facebook and say, this is defamation. It has to go through a legal process, which is still very much national and based on national laws in the UK, in France, in Germany, about hate speech, defamation, libel. Okay. And how does this ruling then interact with the sort of safe harbour protections that mean internet companies aren't responsible for monitoring the content on their platforms? Just to explain, safe harbour is a legal protection which under current EU law means that there is no liability, strict liability, on platforms to find illegal content. 
when they are informed of illegal content, potentially illegal content, they then have a responsibility to respond and to see and monitor and check if it is, in fact, against the law. In some senses, the judges are filling a gap where even though you have safe harbour, it doesn't stop a platform from actively policing its own user-uploaded content. And in some senses, the judgment reflects a shift in the political mood towards platform, particularly in the EU, where policymakers are thinking that safe harbour should be retained, but it should come with a few more caveats and qualifications because of the proliferation of hate speech that we've seen on the internet for the last 10 years. So, I mean, this is a problem, isn't it? People have complained that if you stamp it out in one jurisdiction, it simply pops up, duplicate posts pop up elsewhere, and there's nothing you can really do about it. Exactly. Such is the nature of the internet that national legal boundaries don't really correspond with the reality of what users do, which is they can access things from all around the world. Okay. But Madhu, what Facebook is saying is that this really undermines a principle that one nation cannot tell basically another country what to do, what its laws should be. So, for example, what this ruling opens up is that if there's a set of laws that make something illegal in one EU country, the same thing may not be illegal in the US, but Facebook would still have to comply with the ruling. Do you think this is going to undermine freedom of expression, as Facebook says it will? So I think that is the view of several independent civil liberties organisations, privacy activists. And I think in some ways, Facebook will be forced to be more proactive. As Maureen explained, even though the law doesn't say they have to take everything down in advance, if they now are liable for a lot of this content, and by the way, hate speech is included in illegal content, and that's a much harder thing to define compared to, say, child pornography, which is very very obviously illegal. It means that they're just going to to be safe, take down much more content than maybe they would otherwise have. So I think there will be a tendency to err on the side of caution from Facebook, which means, yes, in countries around the world, there might be some sort of curtailing of free expression on Facebook as a platform. Right. So if I was an autocratic ruler and I made it illegal for anyone to criticise me in my own country... Facebook would then have to roll that out elsewhere. Well, exactly. This just opens up the avenue for other governments to do the same and say, well, you know, if there's content that's illegal in our country, that should be taken down globally. Because again, we talked about the whack-a-mole effect. If it's going to pop up somewhere else, you know, they want it taken down there as well. And Facebook can't exactly be put in a position to make a choice of which governments it chooses to comply with. So what does Facebook ask for the courts to do next? They're going to appeal it. Zuckerberg has said strongly that he's opposed. And it's not just him. Of course, there are tech lobby groups that have said this is a terrible idea. And as we said, privacy activists as well don't think that this is the way we should be drawing the line. Okay, Mehreen, where do you go to appeal an ECJ ruling? The ECJ is the highest court in the EU, but there is an appeals process. I think on the issue of autocratic governments, there's also a very pertinent point that there are quite vociferously illiberal governments inside the EU. So you can look at parts of Eastern Europe with Poland and Hungary, where the governments have a far stricter sense of what they think should and should not be allowed. And this judgment, because they are EU member states, is actually giving them the legal right to say you cannot criticise, for example, Hungary's government if it falls under a national law. Hungary, for example, has had laws which effectively criminalise the work of pro-migrant NGOs. They would also have a stake in a case like this because if you are promoting NGOs and that is seen to be illegal in Hungary, then that content could be taken down worldwide. Marheen, there was another recent ruling by the ECJ in a sort of similar case, right, in Google's right-to-be-forgotten case, 
where the ECJ sort of ruled in the other way, which was that countries didn't have the right to enforce a takedown of content on Google outside of their own boundaries. How do we weigh up those two decisions against each other? Yeah, so within the space of two weeks, we've got what looks like two completely different judgments on the extraterritoriality of EU law. And in the right to be forgotten case, so the right to be forgotten is a principle which is enshrined in the EU and has been enshrined by EU judges. So that means me or you can go to Google and ask that if they have particularly outdated information about us, that it can be removed or deleted or delisted, I think is the technical term. But the judges decided that that right to be forgotten cannot be applied worldwide. And I think it's another case of politics getting involved in the ECJ because the judges have been very receptive in the Facebook case about the public turning against platforms because they see a lot of illegal content, hate speech, defamation, terrorist content spreading on platforms. But the right to be forgotten is something which I think a lot of EU citizens still don't know that they have. For example, it's very clearly going to be in breach of something like the US Constitution, which doesn't have a principle which is the right to be forgotten and therefore would make Facebook acting illegally if it took down something in the US because the EU had asked it to do. So there are gaps and how they will work in principle and interact, it's difficult to know. But I think this is very much an example of the judges responding to political pressure in one case and in the other one where there's still a very nascent sense of what the right to be forgotten means. They've yet to sort of develop it as something that can be applied outside the boundaries of the EU. So the judges were much more sensitive in the Google case about exporting EU rights outside the EU. Is there a legalistic argument at all, though? You know, if there is a big gulf in whether a right exists in two different geographies, that's slightly different from, you know, maybe a smaller gap in how to define illegal content. Yes, I think most countries, at least developed world countries, are having national debates about illegal content. And in the EU in particular, you have countries like Germany who have gone ahead and done their own quite tough hate speech laws, which will sanction and fine companies like Facebook. So the EU has clearly gone in a certain direction. And it looks like a lot of other jurisdictions are moving in that direction. So in that sense, exporting EU rules about hate speech is not necessarily creating a dissonance with other parts of the world. On right to be forgotten, that's something the that EU has been very advanced with, but it hasn't really come as part of the national debate in other countries. I think some South American countries have had debates about right to be forgotten and actively said that they don't want to have it because of the consequences for young democracies to have something like this. So that's probably where you could say that the judges would sort of say these are two different things. Now, final question for both of you. Do you think that Europe is setting the rules here of the sort of internet playing field? Do you think that what we saw with GDPR is that Europe really exported regulations to the rest of the world? Is that also the case with these rulings or do you think the opposite? I think that Europe over the last few years, the European courts have been setting a precedent when it comes to regulating tech companies. And in many cases, you mentioned GDPR, it has had a really global impact. And others like the US now coming up with their own federal privacy regulation, countries all around the world are using it as a model. And I think Europe has been very advanced in this kind of battle against illegal or grey area content, including hate speech, far right speech, and the whole range of problematic content. And the UK is following suit there as well with its online harms white paper. So 
you know, it's becoming a global topic of conversation and people are quoting these pieces of regulation or thinking. And so I do think that these rules are precedent setting and whether or not they're applied globally, they're still going to be held up as markers. Right. right. Marion, do you agree? Yeah, I think the legal judgments are more interesting because it shows that even in the case where there isn't a specific regulation against hate speech, which the EU doesn't have, the judges can still legislate in a way where you de facto create new rules through judgments. And those judgments can be applied outside the boundaries of the EU. And I think there's a hugely sensitive issue about the extraterritoriality of EU courts. And I think for lawyers acting even outside the realm of hate speech or tech or digital, it sets a precedent in other parts of the law. Okay, thank you very much, Madhu and Marine, and thank you very much for listening. Don't forget, if you missed our episodes on the impeachment probe against Donald Trump, why John Ruskin is relevant today, or the missile attacks on Saudi oil giant Aramco, you can find them on all the usual podcast platforms. So, you've got an idea for a business, the store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out, everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 